You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com. In this podcast, I want to follow up with what we did in the last one about putting an end to belittling pain with the next piece in that sequence that I call audacity to ask how to get maximum justice for your client. And in order to do so, one of the things we have to do is deal with the worst bias there is, which is not starting with the jurors. It starts with ourselves. We've all allowed ourselves to hear insurance companies make us feel ashamed if we're not careful about asking for full maximum justice for our clients. And we have to remind ourselves that's not fair and that's not just. We can't afford to be biased towards our clients. And the founding member who runs this firm, Morgan & Morgan, my partner, John Morgan, is brilliant. And he shared something that really stuck with me to make this point. And what he did was apply the golden rule to a room full of plaintiff's lawyers. And he said, what would you put a value on someone who had their pinky cut off? And he said, before you answer, think about this. What if I said to you, come on up here to the podium, and we're going to give you anesthetic, so it's not going to hurt, but we're going to cut your pinky off. What would it take? And the message hit bullseye. Everybody was about to give, you know, some lower 50, 100,000, maybe two. And then everybody said, hey, man, I wouldn't do it for less than X million dollars. And it's all about, we have to remind ourselves it's easy on the catastrophic injury, but on the belittling pain injury like the ones we described where someone's got a herniated disc and they've got one of the links in the chain of their neck will never be right again for the rest of their life and they're going to live with the feeling of having a crick in their neck even though they can get on with life, but it's only going to get worse over time. But it starts out not interfering so much with the doing as the experience of doing. That kind of pilot light pain that isn't cane pain that we just talked about. We got to give ourselves a good talking to and remind ourselves that this isn't just something somebody else in a vacuum. This is our client's life. And what if it was us so that we don't start out selling the injury short because of the insurance companies have brainwashed us? Because our clients do not come to us to have a philosophical debate over who was right or wrong on the road that day or who was right or wrong at the hospital that day. They are coming to us for a remedy. And that remedy is American justice, and there's nothing to apologize about it. And the only true justice is full justice. So we got to get over our own biases. We got to apply the golden rule to ourselves, and we got to start there so that we have what it takes within ourselves to have that audacity to ask for maximum justice because anything less is an injustice. So with that in mind, we go through this process, and the process involves this. In closing argument, before you talk about the damages, and you do it fearlessly, but you prepare the jury first. And part of this process, if I'm brutally honest here, 
is I had some of that bias after all these courtroom victories and a lot of giant verdicts in catastrophic cases, but I would come to that case I just described, and I realized I probably wasn't putting full value in my own mind in the past. And I am now. Not that I was selling clients short, but I was not fully exploring maximum justice. And it took John's son, Mac Morgan, who's younger and extraordinarily talented, to open my eyes. And he did. And I want to share with you some of that that came out of it. And that includes this idea of, first, you got to prepare the jury for what I call the dignity of damages. And so how do we do it? We explain them things like this. Let me just give you some examples. First of all, we change from compensation, in my mind, to taking. People don't like to have their stuff taken as opposed to compensate, which sounds like a paycheck. Now, compensation, if you're comfortable with it, works. I've done it for many years. I currently feel better with talking about what was taken in the way of health. But you have to start with something like this. In America, we don't believe in eye for an eye justice. That's barbaric. We don't go over and cause injury to the defendant's neck or back that's going to last for a lifetime, not a cause of forever injury in them. We don't believe in it. But in America, we also don't believe in turning a blind eye to justice because that's no justice at all. So what do we we believe in. It's called a remedy. And we bring in a group of people from the community to sit and assess what is a fair and reasonable amount. My client would rather have her health back, but that's not an option. So what we're going to do is put you folks together and use your collective wisdom to determine what is fair and reasonable, recognizing that this is a verdict for all time. It's never going away. And this is probably as good as it's going to get. It's just going to get worse as the aging process overlays on top of those damaged links in my client's spine. And keeping also in mind, it's not about how much Miss Jones is going to get. It's about how much was taken in the way of health, how much she lost with this forever injury that was thrust into her life unnaturally by no fault of her own. Now, when you've laid that out to the jury, they're ready. They're ready for you to then roll into damage models for your client. And those damage models include per diem type arguments, like first you describe your client's entries and what they live with and you explain, we don't live life in chunks. We live life moment by moment. When things are rough, we'd love to skip a day, skip a week, heck, skip a year. That's not the way life works. We live it moment by moment, hour by hour. And my client is having to live with, and you describe, and it's only going to get worse over time. And we don't come back in the future because this is a verdict for all time. We don't come back 10, 20, 30 years. And if you were to take merely $10 an hour over that extended period of time, that comes to $3.5 million. Now, that's a lot of money, but that's a lot of hurt for a lot of time. If my client had been hurt just a little bit, like a sprained strain, like the defense said, we wouldn't be talking nearly that much. If my client had been hurt when he was 80 and didn't have all of that time for this forever injury, we would be talking about a lot less. But that's not the evidence. And each one of you said, I will put out of my mind any external 
concerns or biases, and I'll base my decision here on this evidence. And if any of you were to slip and say something like, that's more money than so-and-so makes over X amount of time, catch yourself, catch your fellow juror with respect and remind them, that's not the law, that's not the way this works. It's not about how much she's going to get. It's about how much was taken in the way of health, thrust in her life unnaturally. And when you do that process under the law, that's just what the evidence supports and the law validates. When you do that, folks, the jury is ready. And there are other damage models. I don't have time to run through all of them here with you. And I believe I may have covered some of them in the past. But I want this audacity to ask for maximum justice to be front and center, which is to change your own attitude as a starting point so that you can change the attitudes of jurors. Of course, you have to do the hard work in jury selection to find those people who say, in all honesty, I have strong feelings against pain and suffering, non-economic damages. And when it goes to you proving them, I couldn't assure the court I could be completely fair and impartial. I couldn't assure the court my decision would be based solely on the evidence of the law. Certainly, it'll be based on the evidence and I'll follow the law. But these feelings of mine against that, my beliefs may come into play on top of that and impact the amount. Or you ask this question, which I highly recommend. After asking feelings against the non-economic damages, ask, some people feel they don't want to be associated with or affiliated with a large verdict. And while we aren't here to talk about my client's injuries yet, when it comes time, we're going to be talking about millions of dollars here. And I need to know how many of you feel strongly I don't want to be associated or affiliated with a verdict that large. I don't want to have to tell my friends, my neighbors, my coworkers, my loved ones. And in all honesty, those feelings may impact the amount. It could potentially cause me to lower the amount below which the evidence actually shows because of my beliefs. That's my best honest answer. How many of you feel that way? When you run through that, the jurors will have a preview so they're not shocked later that you're going to be talking about a substantial amount like that. You will have eliminated those that have a bias and just weren't going to do it no matter what, and you will be in a position. And then when you deliver, you must believe. You must believe when you deliver that number. If you don't believe, they're going to smell it and turn on you. But if you believe it, and you justify it, you validate it in a way that makes sense. You don't have to be scared the jury's going to turn on you and punish you because you will have established a rapport by then, or you're in trouble. Your client will have established a empathy, or you're in trouble. And they're not going to suddenly turn because they disagree with you. You can have an honest disagreement, but if they know you believe it and you're able to justify and validate it, there is no downside. So why would you ask for less than full maximum justice? You wouldn't be doing your job. So I suggest give yourself the freedom of that and recognize even with all that, once you deliver it and you look them in the eye and do it, pause a second. Don't be scared. Have that audacity to mean it because you do. And then follow up when there's a little bit of dip with the jury with, I know that's a lot of money, but that's a lot of hurt for a lot of time. And you'll be back on the high ground with that jury. And the last thing before I wrap this up is, remember this, it's the little things in your client's daily life that really support a significant verdict, full justice. It's easy in a death case to say he won't be there for the firstborn in the walker down the aisle. I'm not diminishing the importance of that, but the things that count in a juror's minds aren't something that's going to happen once or twice in a lifetime. It's the 
every day it's there. Explore with your client the impact on the little things no one would think about if you didn't point them out. You know, somebody in a wheelchair, you can look at it and say, that's awful. How about, I got glass in my palm when I roll. I'll never go on a beach. I'm always looking up. When I get dressed, it takes me 40 minutes of squirming around. When I pump gas, I got to get out and then I reach up and you can't see the dials. When it's lunchtime and everyone's going, I bow out because I know it's a hassle for them to have to wait for me. I don't go to so-and-so's house anymore because it's not wheelchair accessible. I'm at a grocery store. I can't reach most things. They're out of reach. I did all this in a case with a quadriplegic, and I called up John Morgan's uh, brother, who had an, a horrible injury, lifeguarding injury, and rented him a quad many, many years ago as a teenager. And I called him up, and I said, tell me all the little things. And he kept sending an email, said, send some more, send some more. And I could feel the shift in the juror's eyes beyond he's, he's in a wheelchair and has a catheter or whatever it is. And you don't have to have a quadriplegic to apply the science of the little things matter. It does in that person who's got a herniated disc in their neck and throwing a football around, too. All the little things where the pain is distracting from the enjoyment of life. So please have the audacity to ask so you can get maximum justice, which is the only true justice, and start the conversation with yourself and finish it with the jury because you believe. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com.